Would you pray with me? Almighty God, guard our hearts and minds and guide our hearts and minds in this hour so that we might be led by your abiding love, which we so faithfully acknowledge is constantly in and around us. Amen. <clears throat> Seeing God around us. A fascinating art form that I discovered several years ago is the auto stereogram. Has anybody heard of that or seen that? Yeah. This is an art concept that was developed along, over a long period of time, dating back to the 1830s, and it became very popular in the 1990s with the publication of this book titled Magic Eye, A New Way of Looking at the World. This book contains several auto stereograms, images that are broken into, they broke lots of best-selling uh, list was eventually published in 25 languages. That book was. Now, audio stereograms are two-dimensional images that create the illusion of a three-dimensional scene. At first glance, the pictures look like arbitrary arrangements of shapes and colors. But if you carefully look at the picture in a unique way, by relaxing your gaze and focusing your eyes beyond the picture, a three-dimensional shape will suddenly come into focus. The three-dimensional image is there, but you can only see it if you look at the picture in this special way. Anyone who stares at the picture normally, like any other regular image, won't be able to see the three-dimensional image hidden inside. Only those who look in a unique way <clears throat> will be able to see it. This is somewhat similar to the message that Jesus gave his disciples in today's passage. The scripture read a moment ago from chapter 14 of the Gospel of John was Jesus' response to a question from one of his disciples. Jesus had told them earlier in verse 19 that, quote, In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Judas, which is not Judas Iscariot, who was the one who betrayed him to the authorities, but a different disciple named Judas, asked Jesus the question, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus' response was a description of not only how to look at the world, but also how to be in the world in a way that allows us to see Jesus. If we look at the world the way the rest of the world sees itself, we won't be able to see Jesus or God. It's only by looking at and being in the world in this special way that Jesus describes for, what, for us that we'll be able to recognize Jesus within the world around us. Well, first, Jesus replied, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Jesus told his disciples that those who love him will be loved by God and that Jesus and God would abide with them. But notice that Jesus describes what loving him will look like. It's more than reflecting on cherished memories or re retreating to private experiences. 
It's recognized by what one does, keeping Christ's word, which is following the teachings and commandments that Jesus had given them while they were together. Following the teachings and commandments of Christ is the love language that Christ wants to see expressed by his followers. In general, Jesus taught that the foundations of all God's teachings and commandments could be summarized as loving the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. When our daily lives revolve around fulfilling these guidelines, we are expressing our love for Jesus. And when that happens, Jesus explained that God will also love us and abide with us along with Jesus. This is the basis for recognizing and experiencing the presence of Christ in our lives. Keeping the word of Christ, which is the same as keeping the word of God. Jesus went further, clarifying the importance of keeping his word. He also said that whoever does not keep his word does not love him. And this is notable because it removes an ambiguous option. I mean, by, by only saying that those who love me will keep my word, you could consider the option of being one of those who love him but choose not to keep his word, as if those who keep his word is just a subset of those who love him. This might be like claiming to love Jesus while also living a life with hatred and animosity towards others, such as people with different political views or different racial backgrounds. But by specifically saying, whoever does not love me does not keep my word, Jesus suggests that we can recognize where the world may be blind to Jesus' presence by noticing where the Jesus' teachings are being ignored. But it's important to also remember that we are not talking strictly about following religious rules or that a person's momentary failure to follow a teaching of Jesus would characterize the life of that person as one of hating Christ. Jesus consistently taught against dogmatic obedience towards religious rules. And he periodically broke a lot of those rules himself. He taught us to be guided by kindness and compassion and a love of God. And like many of our relationships, we have moments when we fall short of expectations and we need grace. When we realize that we have strayed from the teachings of Jesus, we are given the chance to repent, change our way, and be restored into a good and right relationship with God. This comes to us through the salvation that Christ made available to us through his crucifixion and resurrection. The second way that we're given to see Jesus in the world is through the work of the Holy Spirit. In today's passage, Jesus teaches his followers that God will send the Advocate, or the Holy Spirit, to teach and to remind them. And through the Spirit, we can learn new lessons from God, as well as discern how to navigate difficult decisions in life. The Spirit helps remind us of things that we already know, the messages that we have learned from Scripture but forgotten, 
and the personal experiences that we may have had with the divine that have given us important insights in the past. The presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives helps bring an awareness of the abiding presence of Jesus and God. All three being of the same single Trinitarian Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's through this presence that Christ offers a unique peace. Jesus specifically offered his peace to his disciples, and he explained that this peace is different than what the world gives. This message could be taken in different ways. For example, the world usually gives something expecting something else in return. And most of our interactions in our world in capitalist society today, as much as in the first century, are transactional, meaning we typically give when we expect to get something else from someone else. The gifts from Christ, however, are given from a position of abundance rather than scarcity. So nothing is required in return for the gifts from Christ. Not only that, but the gifts that we get from Christ, such as grace and salvation, exceed in value relative to anything that we could possibly give. We freely receive these priceless gifts from God, although we are neither required nor expected to provide anything in compensation. Another way of considering the gift of peace offered by Jesus is to look at the unique nature of that peace. Unlike our common understanding of world peace, the peace of Christ does not necessarily imply a sense of personal security or an absence of conflict. Actually, quite the opposite often happens. Following the teachings and commandments of Christ may invite us to address injustices that make us uncomfortable or creates friction in our lives. In fact, the phrase from verse 27 in the New Revised Standard Version given as, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid, is more literally interpreted from the Greek as, do not let your hearts be troubled and let them not be cowardly. This verse encourages us in two ways, not to worry and to have strength. There is a peace that comes from Christ, but it comes not through the absence of conflict, but through the love and joy that accompanies Christ when he abides with us. As is typical of Jesus' answers to his disciples' questions, he offers much more than was asked for. He answers Judas's question, explaining how he can be in the world and yet only be seen by some, while also teaching how God wants to be loved, how God will provide through the Holy Spirit, and what it means to find true peace. He warned his disciples that he would need to go away from them in order to fulfill his purpose and make these things happen. And he also told them that he is coming to them. Notice that this statement is concurrent, not sequential. So he didn't say, I am going away and then I am coming to you. He said, I am going away and I am coming to you. 
And so this was happening at the same time. By going away, he was coming closer to them. By going to the Father, he was making his way to a space that wouldn't allow them to physically touch him, but could be described as a place that is closer than the air we breathe. This was his plan on the law. And he was seeking encouragement from his disciples that his ultimate purpose was being fulfilled, even though it would temporarily cause terrible and tragic suffering. He had come from God the Father, where he had existed from the beginning of time and was returning to God the Father, having accomplished all that was asked of him. So in this season of Easter, it's a full season, it's not just a day. We remember the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who had sent the Holy Spirit to teach and to remind that all three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, abide not only in heaven, but also with us here on earth. When we follow the teachings and commandments of God, God makes a home within us and abides within us. In this way, along with the work of the Holy Spirit, the divine presence in this world is made apparent to us. Whether we perceive God or not, we can faithfully trust that God is here, moving and working in the world. So I invite you today to reflect on the teachings and the commandments of Jesus. Repent in those areas of your life where mistakes are being made and accept the forgiveness offered through Christ. And by expressing your love of Jesus in this way, by speaking the love language of Jesus and God, you will be able to see God all around us. Amen.